Welcome, Grace Brothers shoppers, to a special presentation from the case files of Saturday Morning Confidential. Floor two is ladies' wear and gentlemen's apparel. Going up. a special new series that I'm calling Going Up, an Are You Being Served podcast. I know you're probably thinking, Maddie, what the hell are you talking about? But as a child, we didn't have cable. Many of you have heard this before. So on Saturday nights, all there was on television was British comedies on our PBS channel that we got on our antenna. And one of these shows, which is so funny thinking about growing up evangelical and very religious, is British comedies are super body, but because my parents are from the 70s, like, it just kind of hit. And this show was so enamoring to me, and I loved it so much. It is how I bond with certain queer people, as if they understand my references of, are you free? Or, it's, buck, it's bouquet, not bucket. Those are the people that I know I'm going to be friends with. So, I'm going to be taking you episode by episode through the British sitcom uh, called Are You Being Served? Now, Are You Being Served was a British sitcom uh, that was written by David Croft and Jeremy Lloyd uh, with uh, contributions by Michael Knowles and John Chapman for the BBC. It's set in London at a large department store. Um, There's a lot of like kind of class talk and all these kinds of things about Grace Brothers. And they're to, um, how shall I say, mirror the popular department stores of the time. Um, But Are You Being Served? Uh, Debuted in 1972, ran for 10 seasons, a total of 69 episodes uh, that included five Christmas specials, a film, and a spinoff series called Grace and Favor or Are You Being Served Again, as it would be known in America that ran from 91 to 92. Um, I'll be covering all of these episodes in the movies. So, you know, it... Just over a year we're going to be doing this, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, the show originally premiered during BBC's block called Comedy Playhouse, and it's where they were testing a lot of pilots, a lot of new content, and it also kept showing to kind of pack in the um, time that they needed to fill uh, in the Olympics that year because that is when the Munich massacre happened. So when they had a cutaway from the kind of live broadcast of the Olympics, are you being served, filled in? So they had the entire nation to watch. And since its original inception, uh, the series has been screened in Canada, New Zealand, Australia, Republic of Ireland, Netherlands, Belgium, uh, Holland, and also in the US and in Israel. Um, Even beyond that, kind of anywhere that BBC has had a subsidiary, and PBS is really to thank for it in um, America. And it was so popular that it's been ranked as the 20th... uh, of the most well-known British best sitcoms uh, back a few years ago. And it's continually rebroadcast throughout the English speaking world. Um, So what are, what do we do? What do we talk about? So anytime that we talk about comedy during this time, it is, hmm, it can be problematic. Uh, British humor tends to be very 
body anyway. It's very tongue in cheek. It's very heightened, but it's also kind of low class, high class, which is something that I find so charming about it. It's what a lot of like kids movies in the late 90s and early 2000s did where a family could watch but a lot of the jokes went way over the kids' heads and landed for the parents. And a lot of it was about double entendre, tongue-in-cheek, playing with words. And it's kind of things that have really stuck with me and flavored a lot of my humor. Something also, as I went on for my theater folks out there, this is a beautiful study of the contemporary use of Commedia del Arte's archetypes and stereotypes. All of these characters fit within the realm of of Commedia del Arte, which it dawned on me during grad school, and I went, holy shit, this is crazy. Um, so yeah, this show is incredible. It ran for 13 years. Uh, there was a lot of breaks in the middle. Uh, British television does seasons differently than we do, and also because of this show, a lot of the actors got massively popular and very famous <laughs> during this time, and so they went away to do other projects. Australia did their own Are You Being Served, took John Inman, who played the character of Mr. Humphreys. America tried to do the same thing. Um, so there was just a lot of time during this that it really... Re like really became super popular and kind of took the world by storm. So today we're talking about the pilot. Um, I have the DVD series that was released probably 20 years ago now, almost well, 13 years ago now. Um, and I bought it as a complete set from Barnes and Noble. Uh, it is still rather hard to find the disc copies again. I believe it's been released on uh, Blu-ray, uh, but it is often available in like BritBox and Acorn. They'll rotate which seasons are up there. You can also find a lot of them on YouTube, but I'm not telling you to do that. So we meet kind of our cast. So it is the uh, gentlemen's and ladies wear floors of the Grace Brother department store. And our pilot opens with the ladies wear joining the men's wear on this floor. So the men's wear department is mad they're losing their space. The women's department is mad that they lost their floor and now they're having to like copacetically get along. Now, a lot of for people who haven't worked in retail, especially old school department stores, there's a hierarchy of like your department leads and like your assistants and your juniors, plus your floor walker, plus your manager, which was something that was very specifically British. It was very English in how this was done. And so we meet Mrs. Slocum, who is the head of ladies wear. She's a brassy uh, older lady uh, who's does not take shit. She does not take no for an answer. And her beautiful young assistant, Mrs. Bra Miss Brahms. Uh, and then you meet young Mr. Lucas, who is the playboy junior on the menswear counter, who's being nice enough to help the women move their stuff upstairs. You meet the foppish Mr. Humphreys, who jokes on everyone, probably my favorite character. Uh, no one should be shocked by that. Who is the assistant on the menswear? And then old Mr. Granger, who is been with the department for 25 years things need to stay the way they are uh and the pompous captain peacock not mr peacock captain peacock he will remind you that he served in world war ii he fought in the trenches he fought on the beaches and their bumbling hapless useless supervisor mr rumbold we also get a really and so mostly all of the episodes are going to be about that cast you also have the side characters of mr mash um 
uh, who is kind of, uh, oh God, he's the handyman, the everyman. He's the delivery guy. He's very uh, like the common man. And um, <clears throat> he'll bring deliveries up. He is the the most base level crass humor of everyone. Uh, but he also is like a voice of unionization. And that is something they talk about a lot. And this is like workers' rights. Strikes happen often in the show. There's always some sort of transit strike or anything, which if anybody knows about uh, Britain and the UK at the time, their money was switching over. And so like, it was just a re it was like a revolutionary time for what was happening. Um, and then you also got old, young Mr. Grace, who is the owner and kind of running of the department store. And young Mr. Grace is not so young. In the first couple seasons, he has an older man with him who is his driver. Mr. Grace is often quite shambling around. Uh, and as the show would go on, you would get a nurse and a secretary instead of his driver. Uh, he is a, the dirtiest of dirty old men. Um, and so pretty much you'll, there are rotating casts. Mr. Rumbold has kind of a rotating uh, group of secretaries that would be around maybe a season or two. It wouldn't be until later um, when uh, we get like Mrs. Belfridge or Miss Belfridge that is, is going to be a secretary for a longer time. Um, and so each episode is just kind of like the hijinks and the things that are ensuing on any given day in the department store. Uh, it's quite fun. It's quite funny. I will say for anybody that's going to watch along with me at home, go into it knowing that it's 1970s to 1980s humor. I would not say anything was specifically meant to be derogatory, but there are a lot of things that like they make fun of everyone, but... There are going to be some moments when we see uh, some Middle Eastern characters, some Asian characters, that they really play into comedy stereotypes of the time, which, you know, of course, you know me, I'm going to unpack that. Um, but this is one of those that this is a comfort, like a comfort show for me. I always go to when I need a laugh, when I just need something on in the background, and I want to share that with you. So I'm going to encourage everybody uh, to either watch before or watch after. Uh, I talk about each episode. They're 21 to 28 minutes. Um is because commercials are different in the UK. There's always musical numbers. There's just, it's so much fun. And that's why I kind of want to spend this time talking to you about it now. So we are talking the pilot, the first ever episode. Now on the DVDs and anytime it's shown in America, it's always in black and white. Now, I believe back in 2014 or 2018, it was restored to um, color. Now the BBC has had this problem over the years of fires and things happening. So I believe it was due to a fire. The original tapes of the show were lost forever. And all that was left was black and white 35 millimeter, which is why when you watch this original, the sounds a little wonky. The video is a little wonky on this very first episode. Um, and so again, we're meeting the ladies uh, department as they are coming up to join the men's department and no one is happy. Um, you really get an idea of who all the characters are. Mrs. Slocum, who is amazing, played by the incomparable Molly Sugden. Um, whose hair will be a different color in every episode as we go through. And we're not talking wigs. This woman dyed her hair every episode. And she always joked in a lot of the like um, documentaries and stuff that have been made about the show that uh, her kids always groaned to see what color hair she was going to have when she uh, came to pick them up. Now, something I love about Mrs. Slocum that we'll find as we go through, she is a sexually liberated woman. She is very fond of a cocktail. She's very big, she's broad, she's brassy. They make fun of her for being fat though, the whole show, which, you know, just as a fat person myself, I don't love. Also because like, she's a curvy lady, but she's not fat. But again, it's the 70s, so like, plus size was, you know, whatever it was. Um, and so she's really kind of 
putting her stamp on this department and what they need to do. And Miss Brahms is just, yes, Mrs. Slocum. No, Mrs. Slocum. And uh, Mr. Lucas is already trying to flirt with Miss Brahms. Everyone flirts with Miss Brahms. It's just going to be a theme all the way through. Now, Wendy Richards, who plays Miss Brahms, uh, would go on to do an iconic role in EastEnders. And that is what a lot of people know her from is this and, and EastEnders. And she's just so lovely. She has since passed. Most of this cast has passed recently or has passed in kind of the last 15 years, which is a shame because they're just comic legends and so we really kind of launch in and they're setting up this dichotomy that uh mr granger who's just a little curmudgeon like he looks like a little frog man is just so angry that the women's department is there and this is how we've never done things and blah 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 and so a lot of hijinks ensue you know uh, mr they really get in that there's going to be a fun like sexual tension sexual jokes back and forth between everyone you know mr lucas is helping uh straighten tights on a on a, a mannequin and doesn't realize he's uh doing mrs slocum's uh tights instead and they're always talking about things in a way that just makes you laugh because you know what they're talking about so in this episode Mrs. Slocum is angry because the center display unit has always been used for Mr. Granger's uh, trousers and shirts, and she wants to put brassiers and panties up there, and he will not have it. He almost has a heart attack because of it, and this is something you'll you'll always see. Is Mr. Mr. Granger will get flustered, and um, and Mr. Humphreys just goes glass of water for Mr. Grace, uh, and it's it's. You can see in this pilot, they were playing with things that would become idioms that would run the entire 13 year gamut of the show. And they're just the like the, are you free? Um, or the, the phones back and forth. There's just a lot of things that they're putting in motion here. Um, uh, one of my favorites is, don't worry about the length of the sleeve, sir. We'll ride up with wear, which, you know, it just happens because you get, you also get the feeling that Grace Brothers is not the best department store. And this is also in an era of commission. So they're kind of doing whatever they can to get the best sale out of you. Um, a, a shtick that is in every episode is always what, um, what, Dis what ridiculous display unit is being brought to Mrs. Slocum or Mr. Granger to display a new clothing item? This one, it's pretty simple because it's their first episode. It is, it's for a new maxi bra and it light ups and dings. Like the 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 bra cups lights up and it goes ding, ding. Uh, and so uh, the central conflict is really resolving that the men's department is really angry that there's suddenly the women's department there. And so they go talk to Mr. Granger or Mr. Rumbled about wanting space on the center display it's silly it's dumb and so it, it, it devolves into you know i i want to put my bras up but mr granger needs to take his trousers down and they play with a lot of that kind of humor and shtick the whole time uh and it really is what leads to the confusion and mr rumbled is easily confused and so they bring up the example of solomon and so there's just the the thing that really gets me about the show it's the wit and the ping pong back and forth because this was also filmed multi-camera but it was filmed in front of a live audience and so a lot of times you can tell going through this whole show there are going to be times that like little mistakes happen and you can kind of tell and they're cutting around them cutting in other kind of presentations but it is my understanding that the audience laughter track that you hear is the actual laughter of the audience who is watching. Uh, and it really does lean in. Like the laugh tracks in this kind of show really 
elevate the show versus on things like Friends, Will and Grace, any kind of modern American sitcom. If you pull them out, you realize that it's not actually funny. And it's really, if you really sit there and listen and you're good at understanding kind of the idioms and the innuendo and outuendo that like, it's really funny. It's really great. Uh, surely at the end, Mr. Granger decides in his benevolence that um, he's going to allow to a, a broad display up with his shirts because he's a team player. Um, and so we circle back around to the horrendous light-up bra, and that gets put on the display and the episode ends with mr granger going back to the phone and goes get me mr rumbled which happens often like a lot of times you'll cut away from things and kind of the theme song is super iconic it's this um cash the, like a, uh before cash registers like the cash box sound of like the thing with the the um elevators and so they're setting up all these things and that's kind of where the episode ends. And then it cuts away to these great ending titles that each actor gets like a, the camera goes to them when their name will get put next to them. And they always will smile or roll their eyes or things. And they're just certain things we're gonna see like Mr. Grace kind of cutting through and being absolutely useless. And then at the end going, you're all doing very well or the elevator's just not working. Um, now in the first episode, because it was a pilot and I think they were trying things out, we don't really have any uh, uh, customers, which they make kind of a joke about that there's no one around that day. I think we see a female and a male customer going through and they always look really lost and confused, which is kind of the continuing theme. Now, something the show does as it goes on is they really broaden the sets. We get, uh, like I said before, giant musical numbers. You see, quote unquote, other departments. Uh, you'll see the canteen and 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 offices and things, but the, the set designers really did an awesome job of kind of working with the spaces they had and there's also just a ton of set dressing because it has to look like a store and it's always kind of constantly changing as you go through the seasons um and we get other cast members as you go through mr lucas leaves we get a new young man named mr spooner because of the nature of having older actors being the senior of the gentleman's department i think we get four or five different actors playing that role and they naturally let people leave they don't replace um the characters with different actors uh, you will just they replace them with a different actor uh uh and a different character which actually makes a ton of sense because for anybody that works in retail your kind of um oh your uh your your staff is coming and going as much as it can just because you know they're not getting paid great um the first pilot it, it, the first episode is just that it's a pilot it's kind of selling on it and everyone loved it it did gangbusters so of course they immediately greenlit it so we're going to keep going in and we're going to keep talking about our evening service as we go through i'm going to hit the movie when we get there when that broadcast happens i believe in 1977 uh and then we're going to do all 69 episodes and we are going to do the like 13 episodes of grace and favor as well at the end so you know we're we're here for about a year i'm going to try to do weekly episodes for everybody but this is just for us to kind of hang out talk about one of my favorite shows and again we're going to really get in as the show goes on we're really going to talk about the conflict the humor particular things that are happening things they're trying to do to really kind of elevate the level of story but really like push into the comedy because this is also like the eras of faulty towers monty python um great shows that would come after this like keeping up appearances as time goes by uh there's just so much that really we talk about american television and comedy at this point but really 
the Brits were just doing something really fantastic and really fun. And again, there's going to be some problematic things that we're going to address. And we will get to that when we get there. But until next time, going up. Before the Wicked Witch of the West and those gals from Salem, there was Circe, the captivating and kind of catastrophic Greek witch who did more than just turn men into pigs. I'm Rose. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Gloria. Join us this fall on Circling Circe, the podcast where we talk about Madeline Miller's incredible book, Circe. We go through the novel chapter by chapter. We laugh, we cry from laughing. We swoon over Daedalus and other Greek hotties and talk way too much about food, life, and scented candles. I'm hydrated. I'm ready. I'm You're pumped ready. to talk about Greek gods and titans. <laughs> Let's do this. Lasagna is not supposed to be cool. It's supposed to be eaten hot, stupid. Who just looked at the count and was like, hey, sexy, moo right over here. Like It's <laughs> 11.45. I need to go eat my liver. My Prometheus pate. <laughs> and Granny's like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> We post every Wednesday, so mark your calendars. Make like Scylla. Grab a sailor. And dive in. Find Circling Circe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, do you want to do an outro? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Is that your outro? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Saturday Morning Confidential is brought to you by Dreamer Productions and is a proud member of the Certain POV Podcast Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential, on Instagram at SMC Pod, and on Twitter at The SMC Podcast. You can find all the shows that Certain POV has to offer at CertainPOV.com or also on Patreon at Dreamer Productions, where your donation of only $2 a month keeps constant programming coming in and supporting our new shows as we go throughout 2022. Now join us again next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.